Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, August 28th, 2022, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You podcast, this being episode 34, Manga. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. And on the docket for today, we have Hajime no Ippo, Sakamoto Days, Jujutsu Kaisen, and of course, My Hero Academia, right? So we have a little bit of a thinner docket for you all. Uh, but that being said, spoilers up ahead, you know what to do. And without wasting any further time, Matt, let's go into Hajime no Ippo. All right. So uh, this chapter was called Alpha and Omega. This is chapter 1392. I personally call it this chapter Funeral March, but that's me. Yo! Um, <laughs> so Vorg's fight had just come to an end. He won uh, won with an uppercut because he couldn't throw his, his usual white fang, so he just threw a counter uppercut on that side. KO the guy was able to finish the fight in the first round. Uh, again, like I was saying, the shit called uh, Hajime no Ippo, but Vorg, be, they be putting a lot of love on Vorg. I don't know if I told you that on... If we did that one era, if we talked about that personally, but we definitely talked about it either way. They put a lot of respect on Vorg, man. Mm -hmm. they, of all, I think of all of Epo's opponents, Vorg probably gets the most respect in terms of how he's treated within the mythos. But yeah. that also is to say he's also the absolute most professional of all the people that he's fought as well. So yeah, that also makes sense. Anyway, so Vorg's fight's over. And um, his coach runs in the back to go get with Makanauchi and Miguel and obviously with Wally. And when he opens the door, Wally is flipping, quite literally flipping all around the room. Mm -hmm. And he this he like, and if I can't be a zoologist, I'm going to be a Jesse White Tumblr. Look. Oh, my God. You'll only get that <laughs> reference if you're from Illinois. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, he's doing all these flips and shit. I'm sorry. And <laughs> Wally and Miguel was just like hella chill. And then he was just like, Epo, you good? And obviously he isn't. <laughs> so oh, they they would get another shot where we cut back. Uh Vorg is now in the crowd, which I was like, damn, that's a quick, you know, change your clothes and shit quick, but all right. Right. Um and now Vorg is in the crowd with, uh, what's my man's name? Sendo. Mm -hmm. And the two of them obviously are looking on. And he's like, damn, Sendo, like, you look pretty serious. Like, you good, bro? And he like, yeah. Like, I'm just super invested in this because essentially this guy, he he's about to watch his next opponent fight a different guy. And based yeah. off how this could go, Ricardo could not, could end up not being in the cards for him. Right. And... For those of you who don't know, especially as, as far as matchmaking and boxing and shit is concerned, Ricardo losing effectively takes that guarantee away from Sendo that he will fight for a title. Mm -hmm. There's no promise that his net, you know, that Sendo would get the next fight. There's also no promise that, especially when there's a guy that's been champion that long, if he loses, which is outrageously improbable, mm -hmm. more than likely he will then get another title shot which means Sendo would have to wait even longer. And if you guys remember, Sendo uh, injured his hand. That's the whole reason they haven't fought yet. Right. So, and that's why Wally got the title shot over Sendo. Sendo is still in line for the title shot, but Ricardo wasn't going to wait for Sendo to get hand to heal. He was like, shit, I'm going to stay busy. Anyway, uh, we get back to Wally. 
uh, while he's making his entrance. But before I get to that, Vorg asked him pretty much, you know, who would he rather fight? And he just kept it simple. He's Ricardo. That's it. I'm not interested in no extra shit. Right. And while he shows up, he appears on the top of the stage. Um, now, I couldn't tell at first, right? Uh, I couldn't tell at first if he was loading up for this flip that he decided to do off the stage or if he was scared. Um, but when I did a close-up on the, the little small panel with him, they were just like, oh, it, it looked like he was just hiking his leg up. Mm-hmm. Wally basically does multiple flips down a staircase and then sprints to the ring, jumps out, jumps up the steps, jumps off the ring post, and then just starts flipping all around the ring. And everybody is just like, yo, this dude is insane. He's just flipping all around, super energetic. And then he perches up in the blue corner and he's all good. Um, Miguel looks fine. The other coach looks fine. Obviously, Ipo looks nervous as hell. And he has decided to go with the wrist weights. If in, you know, if anybody <laughs> who's paying attention. Um, and so then Ricardo walks out. And after Ricardo walks out, cue the, the Undertaker ring, theme. Basically, the gong. Um, and they're standing there. So Ricardo and Wally are the Alpha and the Omega. And the night where worlds collide is, I, I'm assuming that's what the name of the next chapter is going to be because that's what it said at the bottom. So mm-hmm. um, that was pretty much a chapter. Like I said, this was nothing really but entrances. And this is typical of a Hajime no Ipo chapter. We'll get one chapter for the entrances, but you know what's going down now. Mm-hmm. Now now it's our, we already in it. Like, yep. You know what I'm saying? We're in the end game already. So that's where we at now. And that's pretty much how the chapter ended. Alpha and Omega. TJ, you got some thoughts, some feelings? Yeah, it's... Uh, I find that the gravity that this chapter gave to the ring entrance is like the same type of gravity you'd prowl or like a momentum builder, intensity builder, attention builder, you'd see life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm here, bated breath or whatever, reading this chapter. It's like, imagine like if you're actually at an arena watching a live event, it's like same shit, right? Especially if you get that like, oh, that that uh, that stare down, if you will, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I thought, once again, Coach Dan Kichi is all of us, right? Vorik doesn't even tell him about his rib injury, and he just lets him go check on Zale and Willie. Like, Dan Kichi was asking Vorik for permission, like, hey, uh, you good? Uh, is it cool if I go check on, you, you know, that burning question like, that you, we you all straight? have? You straight? You all right? Yeah, you good? All right. I mean, because you're not all right, but I'm right. finna... He like either, one leg like, out the either ring way. Yeah, like, basically. You straight like, or... Either way. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna tell the, the doctor to look at you, you know, <laughs> but he was already gone, right? Um, mm-hmm. And again, Dan Kichi is echoing what we all think in that Wally has like zero chances. Now, if Wally wasn't determined to be a zoologist, you said Jesse Whitetown, but I was like, he could have a great career as a stuntman, right? Boy. <laughs> Gymnastics and tumbling Man, are he always got, He got a lot of skills. Stunts. Yeah, he, he does. He got a lot of skills. Boxing ain't the way, but you know. Hey. He got boxing skills too. I mean, right. you know. You know, just not world champ level. Uh, <laughs> Yo, this man, when this man told Ricardo, this gonna be fine. Ricardo said, nobody has ever fought me. Said that shit was fine. <laughs> I was like, oh like, my god! Like oh a, my god! Enjoy to talk about, huh? This answer doesn't compute, but all right. <laughs> uh, of course, Epo is the only one feeling any type of pressure right now. 
Boy. Ebo's feeling pressure that ain't got shit to do with the fight, which is right. what's insane. And that's what makes it so funny. Borg really just lied to Sendo and Sendo's manager. Like, I say yeah. technically he lied because that damage did occur before the bout, but still, like, they like, yeah, no damage whatsoever. Then he coughs up blood from part right. of the rib. Uh, it spits, sounds- up, uh, spits up blood like they teach her on, on, on Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> That's fucked up. It's the truth, though. That's fucked up. That was literally, like, within, what, two panels of meeting her? Uh, as soon as you meet her, yeah, spits up blood. Uh, and of course, the backstory behind that is tremendously tragic. Um, but what was I gonna say? Now nah, it sounds like Sendo doesn't care even if the belt changes hands. Highly unlikely it does, but his goal is just straight up Ricardo. Now Wally makes a Wally entrance, of course, and Ricardo has that boxing shoes, no socks, right? Mike Tyson entrance energy, if you will. Now. The one thing I'm looking forward to, you know, aside from like, oh, we in here, this is the main event. Are they going to elaborate on the special conditions surrounding the title bout? Because if you remember, one of the reasons why, in spite of everyone saying like, yo, you got zero chances, Coach Miguel was saying, hey, it's cool. We also have some special conditions around this bout that could let Wally fight in his style or close to his true style, if you will. So I'm interested in seeing like what those conditions are, if they'll elaborate upon them before the bout actually begins. Um, but no, other than that, it's like let's let's get into that next chapter. I'm I'm, I'm excited for the, the next week, man. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You want to take us into our next one? Oh, bet Sakamoto days, Yuto Suzuki. We're going into chapter 84. The Damn, title of which jump right into that shit. You was like, finally, this yeah. Noifo shit out the way. <laughs> <laughs> title of which. Title of which, what a nice smell. Uh, where'd we leave off? Club Jam assured us that he's got some insurance to make sure that Amane doesn't fail in his mission of, you know, destroying the JCC database. Quick nice. summary. We are back on Sakamoto's storyline uh, and all these concurrent storylines that are happening. And this time it's Sakamoto versus Amane. What is driving the actions of Amane, right? Why is he so against the JAA? And Ooh. not, you know, the whole, like, this is your this is your test type thing, but it's like, what are his, what, what's the underlying motivation, if you will? Now, let me get into this review. First and foremost, I like how we're back to Sakamoto and, you know, he got the, the master keys to the school, if you will, right? And even he is realizing that his time is running out, though, right? Like, the belly popped out. He's like, Ew! on some, like, uh, buddy love, starting to switch back into Sherman Clump <laughs> energy. For real, though, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Oh, but first of all, well, I should say second of all now, right? I really like how we're getting more character development. And we call this out in Amani's introductions. Like, we're not going to get that detailed of a character for them to just be a one and done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a general dislike of the JAA that we're seeing here. He actually has skin in the game, right? This is the organization that oh, took yeah. his family away from him. This is the organization mm-hmm. that allegedly turned his father against him. Oddly enough, though, he has the same weapon of choice as his pops, the science that's going. And of course, like his pops in this case is Mr. Y- uh, Mr. Yotsumura, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I actually thought it was Yotsumura initially until they revealed it was Amane. Like when the science going came out, I was like, yo, Yotsumura. And then it's like, Amane, I was like, what? And then we get the real, I was like, oh, like, you know. Yeah. Um, 
bet money that Club Jam lied to Amane and told him that his father killed his mom. Bet money. That, that'd be like the classic, oh, this was all just a misunderstanding. But then one, one of them is like already like on the verge of dying when the misunderstanding is cleared up. Not saying that that's going to happen, but I wouldn't put it out of the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how much time will be dedicated, here we go, to Amane and Yotsumura hashing out the misunderstanding between them because it's apparent Amane doesn't know that his dad had a hit put out on him and was thrown out of the JA, right? Because he's still on the, he killed my family, right? But it's like, bro, he's mm-hmm. not even with the JA. So you, the basis of your hatred may just prove to be, uh, what, frail, if you will, right? You have no basis. Another thing too, Amane is like already elite. Like, is he the Sasuke of this arc right now? Um, Loki though, right? Because the, the way like his classmates revere him, uh, actually, you know, he probably has a better personality than Sasuke, all things considered. Because he's not say, brooding, I was like, right? I, well, by calling him Sasuke, are you saying he's, he's not brooding? But it's he's like the nigga that think he the truth, and he always <laughs> has to realize it's not his show. <laughs> oh, damn. But no, it's like in the sense that he's the nigga that is the truth, and everybody's like he's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Also, with that level of skill, why couldn't he just get those keys himself from the get go? right? Uh, Sakamoto throughout this entire chapter is just never worried about it. Like, I think they need to hurry up and announce a Sakamoto Days anime, and I have a feeling when we get to chapter 100, that's probably when we'll get that's it. That's what's gonna happen, yeah. Um, just on the strength of the chase scene alone, bro. Like, how is it that Yuto Suzuki can just draw some things and we just see it animated, you know? It's not the first time we've encountered this. It's he just draws like, a lot of chase scenes really well. Yeah, man. Uh, like, really, really well. Very cinematic. I still flash back to uh, when they were fighting Yotsumura and Osaragi jumped off the freeway, right? And you could just, like, see her, like, new character. if that is... <laughs> my guy, if that ain't cinematic, what is, right? Um, but that's neither here nor there other than, like, we'll just keep our eyes peeled for whenever Chapter 100 drops. And ho- if it happens earlier, sweet. If it doesn't happen earlier and it just happens at Chapter 100, hey, we saw it coming, Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sakamoto, pure Sakamoto fashion, manages to snag himself a roll, <laughs> mm-hmm. a, a dinner roll, basically, and a gun. And apparently, one of the guys moving the guns just fell in love, right? What a nice smell! What a yo. nice smell! And, and he, he gives them advice like, yo, you need to check this part of the gun real quick, just saying. Uh, but just like that chapter in the dorm. Amane really is liked by his classmates, right? It turns out he's dependable. He may not show up to class because it's beneath him, right? He's one of those geniuses, but he'll help you study, right? Um, instead of eating in the back of the classroom, there are they're just like full on having a brawl <laughs> in the back of the classroom. Yeah, that was oh, my favorite. <laughs> that was Fable style. Yeah, like Fable. Style. That was that was Fable style. That was that was John Wick and Common shooting at each other in an airport. Yo, you no one knowing. Yo. Basically, because they were completely unaware. Now, we also have to take note of that oh, J.A. Oh, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So unaware that the teacher went to ask a question. Didn't realize and was just like, oh, I shot. thought bro was back there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have been an illusion. Like you said, it's a teacher at least, so he at least going to respect the class. I thought he was going to be like, hell no. <laughs> like, I was like, you are at an assassin school, dog. I don't know if that's going to mean anything, but. He, Hard mode. Know, right. <laughs> You're at hard mode, the school. Um, one thing I thought that was cool though, that the JAA history was being told, <laughs> even though like it was being disrespected by that 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 backroom brawl. Um, mm-hmm. but 
It seems like the JAA was originally established around four years after the end of World War II, so 1949. But that's only if, you know, World War II is a thing that happened in this universe. I, I say that because, you know, you can't just... There are a lot of things we've discovered in this world, and maybe that part of the world hasn't been built yet, if that makes sense. Um, but it looks like the existence slash creation of the JAA has almost always been facing opposition because of how much they cut into the pockets of assassins, right? That 10% always seems to be a thing that comes up. It's coming up now in the present day, right? That's like Slur's big thing. Interesting how Sakamoto never truly perceives Amane as a threat. Remember how I said he wasn't really worried about it? It's a child. Well, it also reminds me of the observation he made during that dorm fight scene, right? Where he was like, oh, he's actually very earnest, right? This was after mm -hmm. the actual fight, and he was like realizing how Amane was interacting with the rest of his dorm mates, like, oh, he's actually very earnest about the whole thing. Now, final thoughts, next chapter, 90% sure we're either switching over to, uh, to Yotsumura or we're getting that Amane flashback about Yotsumura based on the black background of the last panel. Mm -hmm. um, however, I would also like to go back to Team 7, another Naruto reference, right? <laughs> just to see what type of progress they made in terms of landing a hit on Satoru-sensei, especially since Shin just unlocked that new weapon of his, right? Mm -hmm. um, this was a hella action-packed chapter as always, man. Matt, what'd you think? So I have a few things. Um, <clears throat> let me go back through it here. Mm -hmm. um, one of the first things for me was the eyes. Amane's eyes and Yo is Yotsumura, is that his name? Yep. They have the same eyes. And I was yep. just like, damn, how did we not pick up on that before? Their eyes are the exact same. To be fair, we got the Amane introduction and then the Yotsumura introduction we got, I feel like just... Way like yeah, like it just yeah. yeah, go on. Um, two Sakamoto thinking about damn, I gotta get back to the store because bro was like, let's have a sale every day. And, <laughs> and it's like and of course Lou was less on her lust shit. Yeah, <laughs> she so was doing like, her yoko impression. Oh shit, we finna exactly. He he's sitting there thinking to himself, like, I gotta hurry up and get this done because I'm gonna be out of business the longer I'm here. And it's like I was thinking to myself, I was like, that shit is funny. But also at the same time, like, damn, are these are they that bad? Because you only <laughs> yeah. have this for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, are they really finna fuck the store up that bad? Oh. Uh, <laughs> can't put anything past them, huh? We, we just can't. I get it. Huh. Um, but I thought that that was dope. Um, just the the little details and stuff going into that. So I I, I liked your theory about Club Jam uh potentially being the person that did the killing, because if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm -hmm. And I could be mistaken. This could just be me, you know, uh, creating a scenario that didn't happen. But when they, like, talked about Mr. Yotsumura, like the other assassins, didn't they say he killed somebody he wasn't supposed to kill? And that was why the JAA put, like, a hit out on him? I can't remember. I'm going to have to go back to that chapter with Shishiba... Uh, Nagumo and Osuragi talking about it, but I have a feeling that you could be right. Because I feel like they they called a bit of that out. I I probably yeah, realistic. I probably should just go back to um, I should like go back to try to read it, <clears throat> uh, and I probably should have read that before I brought that to you. But I just thought about that. I was like, hmm, I wonder. But yeah, there's definitely going to be some type of misdirect that was happening here because uh, he was like, well, he killed my mom, so right. I don't rock with dude. 
So, I mean, ultimately, we'll see. But this whole little storyline has been pretty pretty good. Also, I like that moment. He was like, Mr. Yoshimura loved this, son. He'd be sad to see that you hated him. Then the small dude was like, I hate you, daddy. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that shit was funny. Uh, just oh, little moments like that to me are always Okay, hilarious. so to corroborate what you said, I just looked it up in chapter 79. It's saying, Nagumo says, he blew a really big assignment. The JA got angry and ordered Yotsumura killed. Yeah, so, so like, there's that's as far as they get into it. There's extra shit going on here. Yeah, that's probably that's, to be revealed, right? That's what I've gathered from that sentence. Oh, yeah. so some other shit was going on. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully that can get settled and handled or what have you. But yeah, that's pretty much the the long and short of my thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, Sakamoto days. 84 for 84. High key. Yeah, for real. Like, have we gotten a bad chapter yet? These motherfuckers have had an undefeated season. Real talk, man. It's kind of crazy, too. Like, I'm... Yuto Suzuki, do yourself a favor. Take a week off. Don't burn out. No, please. don't tell them that. No, nah, man, I don't... Don't burn out. Keep keep these juices... Well, I don't know how you operate. Whatever you operate to be at maximum health, just do that shit, because I'm tired of... Matt and I had this discussion like before we started recording. Like, too many series are going on hiatus because authors and their health issues, man. So I'm just like, take care of yourself, bro. Do what you got to do. You know, you don't need to rewatch John Wick and all the raid 73 times just for inspiration, bro. You can chill on that. Wow. Um, I'm just like, just don't burn out. Just my message is don't burn out. You're doing good. Don't burn out. That's your message to like all people or just the mangaka? Uh, to the mangaka, but you know, it can apply to all people too. Don't fucking burn out. It's not worth mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, should I take us into Jujutsu Kaisen? Yeah, you should. All right. Jujutsu Kaisen. 195. Uh, this is, of course, by Gegakutami, but the title of this one is going to be Sakurajima Colony Part 5. Where'd we leave off? That was about to be a wrap on Noritoshi's existence when two new players seem to have entered the game screaming Katana and Sumo. Let me get into a quick-ass summary. Two new AKA players... A.K.A. how me and TJ get on the phone with each other. <laughs> we just yell Katana <laughs> and Sumo. Surprisingly, we were able to communicate everything with just those two words. It's Pokemon style. <laughs> sumo, Katana, Sumo. Katana, 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 But two new players, Hagane Daido and Rokujushi Mio have entered the chat. But what's their deal, and how does this tie into our current storyline? Well, guess what? Let me tell you. We get another timestamp. If you haven't realized anything based on Matt and I's reviews of Jujutsu Kaisen, timestamps are important, yo. Um, mm-hmm. November 2nd in Sakurajima Colony. That's the first timestamp we get in this chapter. The day before Kenjaku kicked Kamo out of his own clan, which is like, yo, that is peak disrespect. Anyway, peak disrespect. Present day timestamp is November 14th after 3 p.m. I had to go back to the first, or uh, the chapter before Sakurajima Colony part uh, one. That was literally wrapping up our boy Hakadi's arc, right? Um, when they're talking about Maki being a monster, and then it's like November 14th after 3 p.m., right? Mm-hmm. Now, we're introduced to Hagane, which I believe translates to steel, or if you know the actual uh, name of Full Metal Alchemist is Hagane no Renkun 
Benkinjitsushi, right? Which, you know, I think Hagane means some type of steel, some type of metal. Now, Daido, right, who seems to be looking for a katana quite literally everywhere, right? It doesn't even matter if he's being pursued by a curse. My man is on a mission. Let me find a katana. When I saw him grab that toy katana from Demon Slayer, dude, I fucking died laughing. Bro, I was rolling. I was like, <laughs> it, Damn. It's meta as hell, but reference. it was super funny. Because uh, it's not the first time we've seen like a Shonen Jump reference. What with uh, Shao Bel uh we retract our previous RIPs, right? right. Uh, but like that wasn't the first time they've referenced like Shonen Jump in any way. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we have Rokujushi Mio, who we might as well call Roranoa Zoro. Uh, you'll understand why. But he also gets a time stamp of November 2nd, but he starts out in Miyazaki Prefecture. Now, what does this mean in terms of these timestamps? It means that these dudes have been traveling by foot for damn near two weeks, at least. Because if you think about it, we're encountering them. They're already like mid-mission, if you will. I don't know if that necessarily makes sense, but it's like they had already been moving, looking for what is their, what it is they're looking for, right? Him looking for a katana and uh, Roku Jushi looking for a sumo match. Now, his qua Roku Jushi, that, that is, reminds me of a kappa. Um, a turtle demon slash water sprite in like Japanese. I was thinking mythology, the same thing because of that right? hat. Yeah, or the hair. Because they usually have like a plate on their head, surrounded by that similar style of hair, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but this dude is just obsessed with sumo wrestling. Now, I don't think these timestamps have anything to do, like I said, with them actually entering the calling game because the calling game has been going on at this point. Like I said, I think it's just like we're already mid game and these are the events that they were doing on those days. That's why I'm saying like they may have been traveling for at least, you know, damn near two weeks. Roku Jushi, of course, keeps being denied by everyone. He asks for a sumo match. We're talking like adults, teens, kids, animals, no dice until he hears Nokota coming out of old girls TV screen, which uh, I believe that's something that referees say during sumo matches. Right. But he hears it come from the TV screen. Bust through her window like Deadpool. Homie doesn't even offer to sweep up the glass that he shattered. Just ask where these sumo matches are taking place. I now, don't even think she recognized that he busted in there to be yeah, real. She was very elderly, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, she was just like, her, oh, her a person may here. not have been right. You know, what I mean? bro, exactly. she didn't even turn to look at him. Yeah, she was she was like, that's focused. gonna take too much energy. <laughs> right, I need all my energy right now to focus on living. Uh, hey, nigga, <laughs> you ever watch sumo? That's how you gotta get it. You can't, listen, can't look away. No. Nah. Um, not only is Roku Jushi on some like Ryu energy from Street Fighter, but like I said, we might as well call him Roranoa Zoro because his level of direction is trash. He goes in the complete opposite direction of Tokyo. Uh, even though she tells him, yeah, no, this is happening in Tokyo. My man's like, yes, so I'm gonna make a right. And the, you can see it in the text. It's like, no, nah, he should have made a left. Um, mm -hmm. This then brings us to the present time. Now, Maki has shown up despite not being fully healed and is able to slice off one of Naoya's limbs, like it matters, you know, but that's neither here nor there. But this happens before he can deal a finishing blow to Kama. Maki uses the chaos created by our two new players on the assumption that it would tilt the momentum of the fight in their favor. That would be like for her and Kama. However, mm -hmm. as soon as Hagane lays hands on that cursed blade, he immediately turns into Mr. Takamoto. Uh, Takamoto. Oh, my God. Takamoto. Did you see what I did there? I completed mm -hmm. Takamoto and Sakamoto. Oh, yeah. Takamoto days. Anyway, uh, mm -hmm. he immediately turns into Mr. Takamura from Sakamoto days. Now, the text even goes on to elaborate that he's a reincarnated 
nameless mm-hmm. master swordsman peerless peer. peerless bro that's <laughs> let's, an let's anomaly point that out yeah peerless, peerless. that's <laughs> an anomaly amongst the players why can't use cursed energy but can wield the fuck out of a blade I'm going to go ahead and assume that this reincarnated swordsman is from Kenjaku's era as well and was probably giving sorcerers as well as curses problems back in the day. Um, Mm -hmm. Sheer lethality. That quote stands by itself. Now, how he immediately figures out what time it is with the cursed sword is crazy. He's talking to the sword like it's a Zanpakuto, right? Why do his eyes go white like that, bro? Because he was that excited. (laughs) No, man, but he's turning into Raiden, bro. Um, now, why is Hagane able to pull out so much from the sword without being able to see the curse? Is this what's separating her, Maki, from being Toji 2.0? But when, but then there's Rokujushi, who has set up a sumo circle. Oh my God, I'm fumbling my words hard right now. Who has set up a sumo circle. I'm just like so hyped. Um, This is why I be saying dude ass. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But... But, like, uh, he set up a simple domain behind her and just shouts, Hakeyoi, loosely translated means put some spirit into it. I'm 90% sure that Rokujushi is also reincarnated spirit. It actually makes sense in the, uh, in the way, like, they've been acting like they, they don't belong in this time. Like, they're from a bygone era, and them being reincarnated spirits, now their behavior makes way more sense, right? Him, like, screaming katana and, like, just trying to find one because he's like, where are all the katanas? What's going on? What the fuck is this toy, right? And then, like, being denied sumo matches when he's probably from an era where it's like, hey, sumo on site. You want one, you get one, right? Um, So, what this chapter is essentially telling me is that once Maki figures out this last piece of the puzzle that is unlocking her full strength, emphasis mm-hmm. on strength, right, she might be able to kick things up another notch. Like she, like she wasn't already handing out L's to everybody, right? But then again, why can't she see Naoya now? I still, like, I can't let the mystery of her eyes go. Bro, she went from one eye to two fully functioning eyes, and she can see curses. How? Now, another question I have is, like, will these two old-school homies from uh, around Kenjaku's way, are they going to face off? Will Hagane and Rokujushi have a face-off? I'm hyped for the next year. This pulled me back in. You know I was, like, down in the mm-hmm. despair Cause I'm like, how are they gonna do my girl like this, right? And now they're showing me it's like, wait, bro, she's about to unlock Super Saiyan Beast, uh, <laughs> trademark pending, I guess, because it's not official that that's the name. But I'm like, you mean there's another level she could potentially tap into? And then it makes me put even more respect on Toji's name. Anyway, what you got, man? So, the first question I got is, did this nigga force pull the sword out her hand? I, it looked like she, t- like, I had to look at the panel a few times. It looked like she tossed it to him when she realized what time it was. No, I think she, I think he took it. <laughs> you, he's just like, <laughs> just no, because like, he looked. So flew look. out of her hand into his hand. We, here's why I say that. He starts yelling, katana, katana, katana. Breaking the stalemate, uh, you know, and all this. Usually requires the arrival of external peace on the game board. Now... Right. It, there is that whip sound effect with her hand open. Maybe she could have thrown it to her, but me seeing whip and her hand just being open like that and him catching it and then the look on everybody's face once when he had like, that sword, uh, I was like, this nigga definitely was just like, this me. Yeah. And Inslim was like, oh, is this some type of freaky ass demonic sword? 
Yeah. Yes, the mark blade with no guard. <laughs> Not bad. Could this be a demonic sword? First of all, bro just running around like screaming katana. He was running from a cursed spirit screaming katana. That's what I'm saying. It didn't matter who he was dealing with. He only had one goal. Man, he whore door like a motherfucker. <laughs> katana. Katana. Hold the door. He, once like, he gets one, that's when he starts speaking in complete sentences. <laughs> yeah, that's finally he's able to talk. Instantly starts doing work with this sword. They've just like, hold on, bro. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, y'all, y'all worried about the wrong thing. Cause then dude formed the simple domain yeah. for the for the damn sumo shit. Yeah. I'm just gonna call him Kappa Man, but yeah. God damn, man. Yeah. Yeah. Shit was crazy, bro. They, bro this was a great chapter. We still need to see what he can do. What Kappa Man can do, basically. Like, that's going to be a problem. He finna do some sumo shit. Well, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> once... But, dude, like, think about what this means if Maki puts those pieces of the puzzle together, bro. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Calling I game love over. The, yeah, damn near. I like the little reference we saw uh, to the other... To uh, Demon Slayer and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, him busting through the window. I thought all that was funny. Mm-hmm. Him going the wrong direction. All of that shit was... It was all funny. Bro went, like, literally the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, but we gonna see, because to be honest with you, every time these randos, these, these fucking random players pop in, it's always some shit. Bro, I keep thinking back to Takaba. Uh, homie with the, the, the comedy bits or whatever. Yeah. Like he ended up being a problem. Um, yeah, you're right. You are 100% right. Yeah, man. That shit was like, I don't know, man. It's, what what has missed less, Jujutsu Kaisen or Sakamoto days? I you know I don't know. I don't know no more. I think um, I think it, you'd be hard pressed, but only because uh, Jujutsu Kaisen has been around longer. Yeah, I no, no, no. I'm, I'm just talking I mean? shit. It's definitely but, been around longer, but <laughs> yeah. it's damn near a hundred chapters ahead. Yeah. Um. No, but just on some some overall realistic shit, like this has been a great, great little run uh, that, that this manga has been on. So I'm really just looking forward to seeing what else, uh, you know, what's gonna happen in the next chapter. You know, what we finna we about to see this dude simple domain and how this is all gonna play out. Um. And what's even their purpose? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why are they even in the Cullen game? Just because we've already seen that now that the Cullen game is back, people who were in it. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the way I look at the Cullen game kind of is damn near like Jumanji. Mm. Like a guy that didn't finish the game got stuck in the game. So it's like, I guess if you didn't finish it, you there. Because the whole thing when uh, Yuta, yeah, when Yuta was out there, he was fighting two motherfuckers that had been in the game before. They was old as hell. It was like 300 years old. Well, I don't know if, the, if, if it's necessarily like Jumanji in that the game, this isn't the first instance of the calling game because they've never, they've never confirmed that. But we are seeing more and more instances of like, oh, you are just actually from a, quite literally another era of reincarnated spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. I, I really want to see more developments with Hagane and Rokujushi for sure. Yeah, With man, that was, though, you got any other thoughts, or you ready to take us into no hero? Take us into our topic of the week. You said, "Oh yeah, for sure." <laughs> Let's just go ahead and skip past. <laughs> Fucking all right. So damn, I'm not gonna hold my disdain. This is we got my hero <laughs> academia. Said, it, all right, three sixty four. Why? Yeah, you know what? A, what an apt title. Why wield power? Why we wield power? Why are you doing this to us? 
for a coach. See, that's what I want to know. But Dude. I digress. No, I'm finna chill. I'm not. I'm lying. <laughs> I ain't finna chill. So okay, these first ten seconds into my hero have already been a roller coaster. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> so the the chapter opens up um, pretty much confirming something we were trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, which pretty much is the doctor found a way to reverse engineer uh, the quirk bullets yeah. that they took from overhaul because they haven't had an opportunity basically to experiment on Aerie, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but because of her quirk, her quirk being rewind, essentially what they made was an aggressive variant. So uh, all those chapters ago where we kind of saw that flash of Aerie and what looked like a bullet and then suddenly uh, all for one was getting his face back. That's because he essentially bit into the senzu bean that the doctor made for him that would reverse his body essentially to his prime. Mm-hmm. What we find out though is he is burning the candle at both ends. He's going to keep reversing until he ain't there. Yeah. Um, but with that being said though, also because he's you know old as hell, this means he's going to really, really create a problem for them because he's now in his physical prime as they're all trying to fight him. Mm-hmm. This is Endeavor. This is Hawks. This is Dark Shadow. This is everybody. Earjack. Earjack is everybody. All for one is out here snatching up heroes and taking their clothes or their capes rather because he don't have no clothes on now suddenly. Um, from all that, I'm saying suddenly, like he wasn't dealing with a literal like fire incarnate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So suddenly he's dealing with that, he's flying all around, snatching capes and quirks and killing motherfuckers, and it's just like, all right, man, what y'all finna do with this dude? Like for real. Uh, to it, it, it also was interesting to finally see his face. Yeah. Right. To finally see the face that got punched off. <laughs> Which I'm gonna Sorry. be real with you. I still need to know what All Might did. He yeah. gonna have to tell me. Just tell me how you punched the nigga face off that got every power and none of the powers brought his face back. <laughs> nah, bro. Bro, he put this man on permanent life support. Like, let let let's call a spade a spade here, right? Like All Might got that little freaky ass scar on his ribs and it, it hindered his ability to have his powers, pretty much slowly degenerated his quirk, right? Yeah. But he was still all might. Mm-hmm. He punched dude's face off and had him on basically like he had him on a Darth Vader-esque life support permanently. Yeah. What did you do to him? First of all, why <laughs> yeah. you ain't just cause either tell us or let's lead with that next time we see him. We need to start taking the Yusuke approach. Your strongest attack out the gate. <laughs> out the gate. Spirit Draco. <laughs> basically, I'm not playing with you. Oh, what's up? I'm a new enemy. Spirit gun. <laughs> You know how different shit would be if Goku just up in the spirit bomb first time? Oh, y'all, he blocked the Kamehameha way. Spirit well, bomb. Right. Damn, <laughs> it's like that. It's just like that. Can't play with you. <laughs> Can't play with you, bro. Can't take that risk. Nah, Can't have you Earth be is in on the line. Earth is on the line, homie. Sorry. I just want personal. them to, to up. <laughs> yeah. Um, we then get a cut over to... Uh, the United States um, and they're dealing with their president and all that and they're like pretty much everybody's like we gonna have to do something 
yeah. fucked us all for one cat because Shigaraki is basically Yujiro. <laughs> yeah. Shigaraki is wildin'. We don't yeah. have an answer for either of these two, and we sent our best over there, and she gone. Yeah. And I think we should just we should go ahead and shoot that nuke over there if it's all the same. And yeah, they're I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially they trying to call some type of like crazy genocide level airstrike to get this man off of one out of here. Mm-hmm. And there's a person that I'm just gonna assume has a quirk based off how he looks. Right. Um heteromorph. Exactly. He's just like pretty much trying to make the case like, no, we can't do that because for one, she sacrificed her life to give them an opportunity they have literally right now. So that would be wasting the the stars and stripes opportunity. You know, pretty much they'd be wasting her sacrifice. And two, get these niggas a chance. Like, goddamn, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the chapter just goes, in in my humble opinion, it goes completely to shit. Like instantly within the last four pages. So as we confirmed in the last chapter, Bakugo is dead. The chapter before that, it was up in the air if Bakugo was dead or not, right? Mm-hmm. And then we transition over, and Best Genius is trying to figure something out with Bakugo, but no, nah, bro, he's trying to figure out what he's gonna tell Bakugo's parents. Let's not let's not play around. He's like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. He like. Nigga. Damn, yeah. like, he like, bro, like, you sure you dead? Yeah. Like, he yeah. gonna wake up just a little bit. Like, <laughs> what am I gonna do? So, he basically, uh, Ed Shock comes up to him and is like, you not gonna have to make true religions for his family for the rest of your life. I'm gonna resurrect, dude. True religions like, for his family for the rest of your So, he's saying, Ed Shot basically says that there's no realm he can't in- infiltrate, which essentially also means the human biology. Mm. And he then decides that he is going to terraform himself and become Bakugo's heart. And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm understanding this correctly, he's going to terraform himself to become Bakugo's heart and then Best Genius is going to restart his heart, which is Ed's shot, and get the blood pumping and get this man alive again. So pretty much everybody else's job is to keep uh, Shigaraki busy so they can pull off, pull this off. Here's my issue with it. it. I won't even say that it feels cheap because it doesn't. What upsets me is you, for one, as we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, if you've been listening, and if you haven't, I'm going to tell you now. Mm. This whole arc should have happened a month prior to when it did. Mm-hmm. We collectively have felt like this really drug out, right? Mm-hmm. And you finally start getting some momentum. And for me, I, I'm not even a Bakugo hater or anything like that. I am, but go on. No, bro, and, no and I get <laughs> that. And I get that. Um, but his death was the first really weighted thing we received during this art. Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're calling a spade a spade, it's the most weighted action that has take pla- taken place, essentially, in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've, if I'm not mistaken, we haven't had a character die yet. Not a hero. Uh, I want to say during the attack on the doctor's lab, we may have yeah, lost yeah. a few we heroes. we lost some people. Not, not but- like... Ancillary characters that are heroes, if you will. Yeah, 
you know, uh, all heroes are important and shit. Not necessarily, but, you know, I'm just trying to be nice. Right, right. But as far as characters that have been important to the main story, this is a person, this is his Vegeta. This is his his Sasuke. This is Deku's fucking Kuwabara. Mm -hmm. He's dead now. And to then contrive a situation, I mean, again, it's a manga, it's anime, whatever, but to kind of contrive a situation to be like, no, we're going to resurrect him. That's crazy. It's crazy. That was pretty much how the chapter ended. And it, it, for me personally, it just left such a bitter taste in my mouth because it was like they reneged on something they did that would have changed the landscape of the manga. Right. And I felt like it did. It like it had real weight to it. Like right. if you even checked on other responses from people on the internet and shit. Like Bakugo dying was a big deal. Yeah. I mean, there were literal articles written about it. Bro, if y'all could have, even if you was gonna resurrect him, save it for the end. Like, right. hey, we got the Dragon Balls. Hey, Aerie finally has mastered her quirk. Hey, any fucking thing. Right. As opposed to trivializing it that soon. Bro, been dead five minutes. Yeah. If even that. Yeah. Because Tamora's still fighting Mirko and all the rest of them that tried to get on that with him after he killed Bakugo. Right. He's literally still dealing with the rage tantrum that they all collectively threw. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I feel you, dude. I 100% do. But you can go ahead and get your thoughts, man. I got shit else to say. I, <laughs> I think an alternate uh, alternate title to this could have been equivalent exchange. Shout out. Uh, um, but I, I'm gonna just I might rehash a few things, but I'll start from the beginning. Uh, evil Doctor Eggman was able to reverse engineer Aries' quirk mm -hmm. from the deleted rounds of the Shia Hasakai. They say evil Doctor Eggman, like Doctor Eggman, not evil. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if really you really think about it, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, was Eggman evil? I'm kidding. Like, bro, just uh, say you don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, this isn't Eddie's actual quirk, right? So it's more of like a one and done. That means, like like you said, right? All for one will be able to reclaim his like prime, like Piccolo's dad, shout out Dragon Ball. For a period of time. But at the cost of ultimately having to sacrifice that body, that being said... He's already fully fused with his spare Shigaraki for one, right? So it's like even if that body's like faded to, you know, basically revert back to nothingness, right? From before he was born, because the rewind capability hasn't fully been controlled. Um, it's cool because he's fully fused with Shigaraki at this point. Now, what we originally thought, right? Remember, I had that question last episode. I was like, is his body on fire? What's going on? Turns out that's just his base form when he's in his prime. <laughs> Um, side note, Tokoyami and Earjack need to dip the fuck out. This is literally beyond their pay grade. Bro, None I'm, of them uh, are ready for that, right? They'd have been None looking for me. I'd have been like, no, bro, I was there. I was, <laughs> I was I holding it down from the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was making sure nobody got out of the zone. What you mean, bro? I was, I was, I mean, I'd have been on my, I'd have been on my Avengers when the, on, I'd have Wong. been on my police when the Avengers showed up. Like, <laughs> yeah. we need to form a perimeter, y'all. Facts. Say less. Catch me on the perimeter, dog. You don't want me in the line of fire? Hey, you don't have to tell me twice. I don't want to be in the line of fire. So you ain't saying <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. 
Bro, my man, all for one, is just out here stealing quirks from folks like Vader with snapping necks and Obi-Wan. Like, the speed... Oh, man, my man my man is out here like it's the end of Rogue One. He just... Right. You. Like, <laughs> help! Help! No, bro, that's all nah, for one. No, ain't no help. That's all yeah, for that's one right. in this prime. I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> uh, shout out to Hawks for trying to buy some time, but he's really just delaying the, uh, the inevitable. Hey, can we talk about how Raw Hogs obviously is to have, like, if I'm just going to call it what just it is, like, this simple-ass quirk, and this motherfucker really be getting active. But also just considering his background to what he's doing now, it's like, can you say redemption, or can you say, like, overcoming your circumstances? I don't know. But that shit's, like, award-winning to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have been the main character of this whole thing, in my opinion. I don't know what Deku's doing right now. <laughs> no I one does. Like my Hero Academia. It's like a uh, fucking family matters. Like four Urkels and no family. Never mind. Anyway, hmm. um, All for One admits that he was inspired by comics, right? And he just wants to thwart the future of the whole world. To me, that sounded cartoonish as hell. But I mean, he's already alluded to that before. I was just like, that's, that's I a cartoonish it. level of villainy. But I it's get it. It's a cartoonish level of villainy, but... I appreciate it because of how dangerous this nigga is. Right. So it's just like, I just don't want, I, like, I just. He can what, back what, it up. <laughs> it's, that fuck, it's that fucking, that meme, right? It was like, I don't want peace. I want problems always. <laughs> like, yeah. a nigga that got that many problems being like, I just don't want peace ever is like, yeah, we got to do something about this. Right. <laughs> See, right. he, he has he the can back to it make up. that yeah. exactly yeah. what it's going to be. He can back it up. But it looks to me like, you know, other than the nuclear option, the U.S. government was ready to just broker a deal with Shigaraki on some Hanuma Yujiro shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, we have Edge shot basically sacrificing himself. Again, the equivalent exchange. Not that he's necessarily going to die, but with best genius's help, genius help, he's going to suture himself into becoming a functioning heart for Bakugo. Come to find out him and best genius go way back, you know, to where they had that textile arts association back in their UA mm-hmm. days. Now, a couple of questions I have about the whole him becoming Bakugo's heart, and obviously they'll probably use some like leap of faith plot armor shit for this, but like, what happens if Edshot dies <laughs> and just <laughs> runs out of energy, right? If he's supposed to just constantly keep blood flowing, like, how does he get his nutrients? So, how does he keep living? So, apparently, what, from what I'm understanding, just based off the, the inference, right? Right. He is giving his life to do this. So he's going to now be Is dead. he going to basically like just transform himself and like he's Okay, another way another way to put it is he going to rewrite artificial himself heart. like rewrite yeah. himself into yeah. a heart basically he's going to like he's going to form his body into a die. heart and okay. that's it. And his consciousness will die and restart. Is, okay, okay. So I was going to be like is this nigga just going to be alive and Bakugo is just going to like be able to access Edshot's consciousness? Like how's that going to work? Uh, but I guess it makes more sense, like you said, for him to terraform slash rewrite his like DNA to go heart mode, and then best genius being like, all right, defibrillate. Um, that's still like again trivializing Bakugo's death. I don't know, man. Uh, just dragging this shit. But uh, other th- another thing I mentioned to Matt too before we started recording. Bakugo's been dead for a minute at, well, I say a minute, but it's like, it had to be like two, three minutes or something like that. But now at least. on the operating table, like what, what, what happens once he's resuscitated? What about that brain damage? No. Um, 
Final Fuck thoughts. Blood getting to his brain. <laughs> Final thoughts, right? Fine. Where, where's Deku? Shit's dragon. Also, is Dobby going to enter the battle with all for one primetime Sanders against his dad and Hawks? Like, no, because he's dying right now. Who, Dobby? Dobby is in, is damn near in the same situation all for one is in. That's what they were saying. It's like he's cooking himself. Yeah, but I mean, he's been cooking himself, man. No, 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 no. You misunderstand it. Like, like his flames are going beyond. He's I mean, going to, okay. he, him, no, no, no. What I'm saying is he himself is going to become Ash. So he's just he burning this shit out until he done. To, uh use uh, Shoto's new technique. Remember Which charred like him completely. That, he picked up on that. Yeah, it's but like it's like the freezing component or whatever the fuck. Um, I don't know. I agree that you know probably Dobby has no intentions of being here for a long time, just a good time. He been saying that shit from jump. Yeah, oh, I don't care about winning. Right. I don't care about none of this shit. Just I just want y'all niggas to be in pain. Dad. Yeah, just wanna, I just want y'all to suffer. Yeah. Um. But that's what I'm saying. Like he, he's probably gonna try to jump in on that battle. I don't think he will, man. I think he's. I think he is pretty much. Settled on the fact that he has to deal with uh, his brother well, because at this on. point Endeavor is already isn't suffered. Endeavor and All for One's battle basically taking place where he originally died. Hey, ain't it basically across the street? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like he has incentives. It's like, oh, bet y'all are ha- having this happen. Like where I died once. Yeah, let me get in on this. And then Ooh, can Todoroki? I mean, if Todoroki's like ultimate move, his he sucks. Right. Just got thwarted. This nigga need an ultimate ice attack now. That's all. Freeze this motherfucker or something. Man, you're putting too much on, like, Todoroki being able to, like, based on the way this is going, like, I don't think Todoroki's got anything left, man. I think his brother's going to be, like... A nigga just became somebody else's heart, so... Right. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm going to keep reading. I put too much time into this. Uh, yeah, this is through, this has become obligatory fun. reading for me now. I'm yeah. not even gonna hold you. I was telling CJ before we even got on here. I was like, they was doing good, and this chapter really it just pissed me off. I'm not even gonna lie. Right. I mean, I, I hit it so well, I'm sure, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really like this this chapter really made me fucking mad, man. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, it's it's whatever. No, I just felt like that was such a cheap, such a robbery, right, of a moment, right. Um. But I mean, at the same time, us being nerds for manga and comics, like, you know, death is never really real. But again, there's a time and place for resurrection right. though, and not five seconds after it happens. Right. Right. While the battle is still taking place. Right. They didn't even get my man off the field, bro. Yeah. He's like still there. Like it would have been different if they would just like, could have like weaved him some type of stretcher or something. They know. didn't drop the nigga out like a panel in the floor and let somebody else heal him. Right. They didn't do none of that. Right. No first aid, no another. It's like, oh, damn. That just happened. Anyway, before we go into our topic of the week, let's uh, kind of just recap what we should be expecting next week in terms of chapters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are we expecting? We should be getting another Jujutsu. We mm-hmm. should be getting another My Hero. Mm-hmm. Hajime no Ippo. Right. Sakamoto Day should be coming through... Um, it is. We are getting Kaiju number eight next Thursday at the time of this recording. And then we're going to, and by next Thursday, I mean this Thursday, right? Uh, and then we should be getting Chainsaw Man returning as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Yeah, we, we're getting our full lineup back next week with the exception of Super. Correct. 
Um, with that though, and we won't get super for like a month. Yeah, because like Super's month. on a hiatus. Well, basically, like two months doing their research for the next arc, right? Yeah. Uh, so Super, we should see back in October. Uh, mm-hmm. Reasonable expectations, right? Now, let's transition to our topic of the week, which is what this week, Matt. The boys. Shout W-E-B, out. W e b the boys. <sighs> Nigga, go home. Alright, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll see y'all next week. You couldn't you could I'm mad at you for how low-key funny that is. Anyway. Anyway. Uh well, I mean they wrapped the third season earlier this what, two, three months ago? I don't know. Time is a blur now. Um but what do I want to say about the boys? Uh, Damn. If you were to give it, <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. if you were to summarize it in like what one or two fuck? words, three words, that'd be it. Uh, best way to think about it, if you've never watched the boys or are familiar with the comic book material, which I am not, I will admit I've never read the comics. I am, um, so my thing is, oh, well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I've watched some YouTube videos that talk about the discrepancies between the comics and the show, and there are quite a few deviations, actually, like, Especially when you look at Black Noir and Homelander, because their story is actually fucking crazy. Um, yeah, they don't even really touch that in the um, in the show. And then the whole Stormfront slight retcon that they did with the show was interesting too, and it served the purpose for the show. But like again, another thing where it's like if you saw the comic origin or watch any videos on the comic origin, you're like, holy shit, the the show is actually tame compared to the comic books. And the show is like Matt said. Uh, damn. <laughs> oh shit! I don't know. Well, fuck? yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I guess Dude, I would say. No, that. come on. It's... No, no, I read the comic, so you're right. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's tame. It's still fucked up. It's very fucked up. The show is. When TJ says the boys, the show is more tame than a comic. He's essentially saying it goes from an eleven to a nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're not talking about a large on a scale margin, of ten, but <laughs> like, exactly. Of 10. But it is, man, some shit. wild shit, man. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts, if you were to describe the world of the boys, now obviously it's definitely a send up of the Avengers, of Justice League, of your typical mm-hmm. superhero teams, if you will. Uh, however, the way to view this is like, what if we had superhero teams and they were corporate backed? And the superheroes themselves had no moral compass, but just served whatever needs that, you know, they had, right? Whether they be hedonistic. Yeah, people uh, aren't heroes for the sake of doing the right thing. It's it's um, literally like money, fame, or it's like, I'm just a freak. Um, if you've read, um, if for any of the comic fans out there that are giving us a listen, if you've read a series called Sidekick, it's kind of like that. I've never read Sidekick, but I'm intrigued now. Well, Sidekick is a series which mainly, and I'm just going to uh, go into this real quick and I'll jump uh-huh. back. Sidekick is a series that follows essentially this guy that's a sidekick to like the main hero, I guess. We'll, we'll just say for, for layman's, right? Essentially, he's, um, he's the sidekick of like Superman mm-hmm. and Superman dies. And the way heroism works in Sidekick is they're all corporate. They're not necessarily corporate backed, but they're backed by a city. So heroes have a city that they belong to in a city. If, if you're the hero for that city, the tax money, all type of shit kind of goes towards you because mm-hmm. you keep the city safe. Mm-hmm. So 
it's essentially the, a very similar situation um, where uh, heroes have corporate interest and like the shit. The difference with them is there is no league, at least like. You can't even come and be like, oh, I saved a cat. Like, you'd be like, TJ would be like, yo, Matt, what the fuck you doing here? Why are you saving cats in Chicago, man? It's not your right. territory. Right. You know what I'm saying? Heroism isn't heroism in the boys. Yeah. If that makes sense. And in the world of VOD, it's like they they are corporate back, but they also get like a percentage of like pay-per-view points, if you will. So they mm-hmm. do well in the media. They, they participate in these movies. They, 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 there's basically like some type of profit sharing. Uh, that is in place between the heroes and the corporation, who it turns out the corporation is the reason why they're heroes anyway. Um, but that being said, um, man, where do we even, where do we even like, I'm going to just go into my notes. I mean, obviously there are spoilers in this, but like if you're familiar with the boys, uh, Homelander, Superman equivalent, right? Black noir, which is basically Ooh. just black, black, right? Noir mm. is just a word for black in French. Uh, Batman equivalent. We have the Deep, who is this universe's Aquaman. We have A Train, who is this universe's Flash. Dude, that opening scene of the first season, like we got our boy Huey holding on to his girlfriend, like on some Bruh. romantic shit. A Train, just a speedster. That's what one A-Train is. A Train is a fire name. Yeah, Can't, we got to get him that out the yeah. gate before we get into. Him. I also love that he's much less of an of a monster. In this in the, uh, in the, in the show. show than he is in the comic because goddamn right. there are some mad deviations there too. He actually has a very redeemable character arc that somewhat pretty much comes full circle for him in right. this season because I'm gonna tell y'all something as, as a person that read the, the comics, there's no redeeming that guy. <laughs> there's no redeeming A Train, not to me, mm. but that's me. But mm-hmm. go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. No, nah, like it. Huey's holding on to his girlfriend and like age. I mean, so the one thing I will give the boys because, you know, A-Train basically runs through her. It is a very accurate depiction of the somewhat often ignored collateral damage that occurs with like... The speedsters. With spe- well, not just speedsters, but heroes or anyone with superpowers in general. Just like how I think um, the Man of Steel movie, although not many people regard it as like their favorite Superman movie... I enjoy it because, like, yeah, this would be an accurate portrayal, I think, of what it'd be like of people with this level of power fighting, right? And yeah. so I think the boys does act an actual great job of depicting what it'd be like if people with this type of power, like, just doing their everyday superheroing, or if they don't even really give a fuck, right? Because obviously, Adrian was high off of like that. Uh, what was it? Um, the compound V. Right, mm-hmm. like, cause he was juicing, even though you know Compound V essentially gave them their powers, or whatever. But he was juicing off that Compound V, was tripping and just ran into somebody. Like, yeah, that's probably what would happen. Um, but yeah, we got uh, A Train is the Flash, uh, Starlight. I want to. Well, she she's like kind of like a Jubilee slash storm starlight well here the other thing is as far as how things sort of change a bit between the comic and for the the show but kind of stays the same starlight is kind of her own character she isn't necessarily i wouldn't compare her necessarily to either either side but what i will say is they kind of use her as the vehicle to show us the world right yeah like her and huey I would Star, say. yeah, she and Huey are definitely, which also makes sense, right? Because you know they had their love interest, but mm-hmm. she and Huey are pretty much our eyes and ears of how we experience 
the world. Huey is sort of like how heroes are seen from a, a pedestrian um, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And she's kind of like a peek behind the curtain because she's a hero. Shit. Her introduction to the team lets right. you know that these people ain't shit. Yeah. Especially in the comic. God. That's why yeah. I always say, like, if you're watching the show, if you can make it past that first episode, not saying that you're not going to, that you shouldn't feel anything because if you don't feel anything, you might be a monster. Um, but it, it might be a you can make it past that. <laughs> you can make it past that first episode. I'm just talking uh, with you, TJ, because I know you read Berserk too. Yeah, I was just like, yo, what are you saying? <laughs> but uh, but if you can make it past that first episode, like you 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 can kind of stomach the worst of it. And I feel like they do it uh, every season, where it's like the first episode of the season might be the most shock value fucked up first episode right and usually if you can make it past that you can make it for you know whatever the rest of the season has to offer which isn't necessarily tamer but uh they if usually you can make it past the, the opening value. shock value you're yeah. correct yeah. you can probably handle the rest you can of the process season, it season. at least not that it's going to sit right with you but it's like you can handle it i also um, would not advise um trying to watch this in bulk I would yeah, actually advise that, like, do it a week you watch to week. the boys week to week. Yeah. I wouldn't try to. That that might be too much. I wouldn't binge it. Binge. That's not something you want in your waiting in your. Or if you want to binge it, you different. But hey, you know, I don't even want to say more power to you. You probably don't need power. Um, <laughs> All for one ass nigga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna just get into my notes at this point, but uh, especially with recency bias, considering the last season. Uh, mm -hmm. my one gripe lies with the ending. Like, okay. how long are they going to keep playing this cat and mouse game with Homelander, uh, considering that they got so close? Ooh, uh, closer than they ever got. Closer than they ever got in this in this last season. Right? I feel like that premise is going to run thin sooner rather than later, right? Because uh, especially with this last season, like, for one, you know, Butcher, who is... Not our protagonist, but is the leader of the boys, right? Because the boys, we didn't even get into this, but essentially, what are the boys? They're basically like this anti superhero task force that were gathered around Butcher, not going into crazy detail about like Butcher's background or whatever. Um, which also they really dived into Butcher's They're all heroes, they're all people who have, but they, they see, yeah, they see the superheroes for what they actually are and mm -hmm. are actively trying to fight against them or at least, you know, bring their misdeeds to light. Right? He's so saying acts against. He's trying are. to kill these motherfuckers. Right? Most no, times. no, no, no. One hundred percent. Most times. And this season, what's the new weapon that they have? They're able to use temporary V, which is like temporarily mm -hmm. given Butcher superhero powers, and Huey gets in on that too. Um, but there are some serious side effects to that shit. Now, mm -hmm. they essentially put the world in greater danger. How long will Soldier Boy even stay on ice for? If he manages to break out, who knows, right? Homelander mm -hmm. Jr. is on some bright burn shit, going to be a whole problem if he, you know, if he's got essentially the man baby they turned Homelander to, because I've seen, I've watched videos on like the deviations on uh, from the comics. He's mm -hmm. not as man baby-ish. He's more just straight psycho in the comics. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's got- You talking about Homelander? Yeah. He's got this like man baby. They kind of turned him more into a man baby on the show, right? Uh, and now he's raising a kid. The next mm -hmm. thing for me is like, all right, they got Mother's Milk's Need for Revenge, which also deviated heavily from the comics, too. Because, um, mm -hmm. like, in the comics, it was, like, his baby brother, right? Uh, Shit, in the comics, he got power. Yeah. Uh, and, like, like, and like, what happened to his brother is what, like, kind of set him on this path, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
But what did, in the TV show at least, what did he honestly expect to accomplish as a man against a suit in Soldier Boy, right? Especially since Soldier Boy got powered up by the Russians. Uh, yeah, Bro, the Russians, shit, right? he was just so mad. He just had the pistol on him. Like, right. Fuck it, I'm going to just get it bucket. <laughs> this is how I go out. Fuck it, right? He was literally about to die on that sword. Which is exactly, which is why Starlight was like, bro, please. <laughs> you need to chill. Um, You're actually the only person with muscles still left, please. Right. <laughs> right. Lastly, well, not lastly, because I still got several bullet points, but I didn't like Frenchie and Kimiko's relationship from jump, um, especially hmm. with this third season. This, Hear me out. I'm listening. Their I'm relationship scared. makes sense now because it's kind of come full circle where it's like, where it felt like it was kind of one-sided with Frenchie kind of steering most of it. But, like, you know, Kimiko reveals that she also has feelings for him. And it mm. goes beyond, like, just a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, if you will, or a partner, if you will. But it's like, this is straight a family now. But I can't help but feel that Frenchie essentially groomed her, right? If you look at it from a different angle, it's exploitative and very problematic. Like, he ingratiated himself upon her, specifically when she had nobody, I don't know, man. It just, it, it kind of didn't sit right with me. Um, that, that, that's just it. Although that dude, that scene where she had to eliminate dude this past season, <sighs> I ain't never seen no dildo be weaponized before, but <laughs> like, like, Oh my God. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, why is mother's milk always getting hit with body parts and fluids? My dude. Like why though? Hey man, that's every just, uh... season. Yeah, that's just the world, man. Uh, and the the fucked up part is like he always has on the best outfits, right? My dude will have the old school hip hop t shirt. Definitely got the best t shirt. Clean Jordans on, and then they're just gonna do them like this. Uh, whatever. That's uh, every season, like I said, they match the top, the gore, and the violence. Uh, that scene where Starlight Annie, dude, when she tried to pull that Uno reverse on Homelander. After you pulled the whole switcheroo, because you know there is no Uno reverse for Homelander, bro. Listen, I really listen, need to let, understand. Can you this. let Can you let me finish? Sorry, <laughs> like, that shit just let be me driving finish? me crazy. But when I'm she like, tried, that, when, uh, for one, I said when she tried, bro, uh, yeah. to pull that Uno reverse on Homelander, and like homie just made the room go colder, and he's like, "Go ahead," but then I'll have nothing to lose. I was like, "Bro, bro, ultimately you can't really beat this nigga." Right? No, bro. Uh, which is why the season's ending was even more trifling. It's like, okay, I get it. Ryan is like your stepson, right? I get it. Your 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 wife told you to take care of him. I get it. But like this could have very well been one of those situations. And you know, maybe it's a good thing that I'm not in this universe. Because <laughs> I would have been like, all right, man, my son, stepson, but then like the safety of the world at large, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. Considering the world that they're in and the scenario that they're in, right? And now you've got a kid who's got the same powers as Homelander. You've already, technically speaking, broken his heart, right? Turned him against you. Uh, basically set him on the path to becoming Brightburn, right? Um, and you're going to just not destroy the evil that is Homelander, because you wanted to protect the kid. I don't know. I feel like a bad decision was made. Now he's like, you know, essentially terminally got that terminal diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. um, so who knows how many seasons they'll have left if we're in a situation where, you know, now he's got to 
Wait, and who who were you referring to with the terminal diagnosis? Uh, butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's his own choice, though. Never yeah, done. yeah. No, I'm saying, but it's like now that there's, so it's like how long is that premise gonna run for? Um, but yeah, man. Shout out Maeve, uh, the Wonder Woman of this universe, right? She, I feel like she had a bit of a redemption. I mean, she's been kind of on a redemption tip the last two seasons, if you will. She's been on a redemption tip since season one. Yeah. Um, and then Soldier Boy basically epitomizes everything wrong with the old school generation slash that white male patriarchy shit, if you will. Um, what are your thoughts, Matt? Soldier Boy. Hilarious. <laughs> to- right. Every time Hilarious. he says his name. Toxic, toxically masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, not even on some trying to. That's just what it that's is. Literally, yeah. Um, also broken. Can we say, like, imagine? Yeah. Essentially, so for He's those of you who don't America. know, yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy is their so, Captain America, right? But the difference is, his strength is not peak of human strength. He's Superman strong. Yeah. So imagine if Captain America was Captain America, but he was also a walking nuclear bomb Mm -hmm. and had the same level of super strength Superman has. Mm -hmm. And his shield basically weighed like two tons. Yeah. Because no one can lift his shield. He already naturally is emitting nuclear energy. And if yeah. his PTSD acts up, oh, and it acts up. Yeah. He emits more Levels blocks. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can level blocks. He can level all type of shit. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I felt like ultimately they had a really good plan, too. <laughs> He's you know. the reason why Black Noir can't talk. <laughs> Let's just yeah. Look at that. Bro, to tell you how bad, and even when he was a big ass, air quotations, hero right even during that time they all knew his it was something wrong with his ass Dude. even to the point black noir he, when once uh what, what's our man's name homelander once homelander yeah. figures out that he was essentially made from the dna of soldier boy he starts trying to ask about soldier boy tell him and <laughs> when he asked black noir who cannot talk about him he literally, when he brought him up, he stopped everything he was doing, like almost completely and uncharacteristically stopped and was like, nah, I'm not listening to you talk about this dude. He just like, well, how was he? He wrote bad on a piece of paper and did in, in all caps. And then he says to him, well, he couldn't. Nobody's that bad. He couldn't have been all bad. Right. He underlined it three fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like. Pulled his um, tracker out of his own arm. Yeah, and he's like dipped. Nah, dude is different. He's different. Um, Homelander guts him like a fish. Mm-hmm. Um, more than anything else, just because he didn't give him the answers he wanted. Because Homelander's a baby. Yeah, and um, I thought, I thought A Train. He's kind of getting his his arc is finally somewhat coming full circle because they've kind of teased that he would be redeemed a little bit. But mm-hmm. Then he still retained a level of asshole. Oh my god, dude! Um, the fucking Pepsi commercial, nigga, that they did. I was like, wow. You know like, the biggest that's like thing, the Kardashian thing, right? I'm one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think the biggest thing with with A Train, and I really, really, I kind of feel like has been the case. 
with other characters in the show as well is the fact that you really kind of see, uh, I hate to put it like this, but you see more of their humanity, mm-hmm. more of the, the human side of these people. Uh, you see a little bit more of that out of them when they don't have their powers. A-Train has a, a incident with his leg. He isn't fast anymore. And with his heart, actually. Oh, yeah, it was heart. My bad, my bad, bad. But where the fuck did I get leg from? Well, oh, well, anyway, anyway. So A-Train's heart thing started when he was abusing that compound V. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially the way that their team works, what is their team even called? The Seven. The Seven. Yeah. The way the Seven works, there's a rotating cast of members, obviously not fucking Homelander, but as people are useful or not useful, people will kind of be in and out of the team. And um, essentially, A-Train was on his way out. And uh, the Deep was on his way back in, all these other things. But ultimately, the point that I wanted to get at, because we saw a little more of a human side of the Deep, too, once he got put out of the group. Yeah. Um, but it seems like whenever somebody either loses their powers or, you know, kind of gets sat on their ear, they realize their humanity a little more. And at the very least, what we got with A-Train in previous seasons was that he wasn't, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? I can't think of the exact term, but he wasn't unconsciously an asshole. He wasn't right. unconsciously this bad person. So, you know, they definitely in the last two seasons kind of, I don't want to say preyed upon that, but they definitely play up the fact that like, he there's some humanity to him amongst the group, just like the same way there's a, a level of humanity to Maeve, but her way previously of dealing with it was just being drunk all the time. And yeah. What are you going to do about it? You know what I'm right. saying? Fucking Wonder Woman. And I mean, I also thought that scene when she starts fighting Homelander was like funny because he was like, Maeve. Not now. Really not. Right like, now? Are you serious right now? Yeah. It To me, it was the, it gave me the same energy as when uh, <laughs> when Madara ran up on the first. He was like, yeah, let's fight. He said, do you see all this shit that you done did? I will fight you later. I have to clean up your mess now. <laughs> right. Hey, against uh, Hashirama and Hashirama. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Hashirama, let's get it. Sit your ass down. Because look at what you did. <laughs> and he did. He did to this Damn, bro was like, damn, chilling. And he did that to a degree, except he took Maeve's eye. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But he had to sit her down. She was like. I'm trying to save my son. Yeah, he was just like, shorty, that means nothing to me. Like, right now, I'm not even tripping. I'm not actually not even mad that you just stole off me, because realistically, I know I deserve it. But right. I need you to get out the way. Right. Um. Yeah, man, I thought the whole temporary V thing, I thought that was cool. Um. I'm just, I'm very curious to see how this is going to, how the, the powers thing is going to play out for Butcher in the series because of how it plays out in the comic. The, uh, essentially, this season, for any of you who read the comic, this season just tore the comic in half. Mm. So there, there are some things that I think will kind of stay somewhat in line, just as far as like, they still take some scenes like, uh, like in the last season, right? Homelander jumped out on the, the CEO of Vought and he wasn't moved at all. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like, you know, I can like, Homelander again, Superman, he can sense when people are afraid. He knows when they're lying, all that. He was just like, you really not scared I'm going to kill you? And he was like, bro, kill me or don't because I got work to do. Right. 
So like, if you're gonna kill me, cool. But if you're not, like, just get out the way. Yeah. Like, just fly back out the window, dog. Like, like I, I'm actually, I actually don't give a fuck about none of this. So, right. And that's something that came out of the comic as well. Where, like, Homelander didn't know what to do in that situation because he had finally met someone he didn't intimidate. He right. had nothing on this guy. I'll kill yeah. you. Kill me. I'll kill your family. I don't have a family. I'll take this whole business from you. I'll go to another one. <laughs> like, you have nothing to offer. As far as the whole, look, man, I'm with you. I don't feel shit for this kid. Kill this damn kid. Butcher's <laughs> tweaking on top of that. Like, this is not your child. Right. Your wife was gone. She didn't even want to leave with you. You right. know what I'm saying? Hid the like, fact that she was alive. When you came down, when he went to where they was holding his son in the last season, and he pretty much when the truth was given him, he should have just disbanded the boys. I'm like, all right, my bad, y'all. Let's, yeah, let's just leave this tripping. alone. Misunderstanding. But no, he doesn't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? And, I've, you know, again, if you read the comic, that type of shit comes to bite him. That comes full circle for him. Butcher is a guy that I guess you could say is like a man that just believes in extremes. There's mm-hmm. no there's no middle ground. There's full-on vengeance or there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just curious to see where, where we're going to go after this chapter. It ended on a bleak-ass note. Every chapter ends on... Every, no, I'm saying chapter. Every episode ends on some bleak-ass note. Um, but you know, they keep you interested. Yeah. They keep you on the hook. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got, TJ. You got anything else you want to add or should I take us up out of here? Uh, anything else I want to add? Obviously, uh, the CEO of Vought being played by Giancarlo Esposito. That dude brings gravitas, but the whole subplot with like his daughter being that Senator or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Exploding people's heads. I thought that was interesting too. That shit was tight. Um, that shit was crazy, and the fact that she could, she could give Homelander uh, information is neat. But the fact that she threatened to blow his head up, and he was like, "You can try," <laughs> mm-hmm. like he wasn't even worried about. It. I was like, "Yo," um, the yeah, fact well, that I'm, being, I'm different. <laughs> yeah, the fact that being injected with compound V is damn near always painful. Doesn't matter what age you're at. Um, was like mm-hmm. crazy to me. Um, shit, man. I'm trying to think. Like, what else? What else? Were there any other fights that, like, I thought were crazy this season? We talked about the final battle this past season. Um, no, I got nothing else, man. Uh, watch the boys. All of it's on Prime right now. Don't binge it. Pace yourself. But if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's a good time. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get my hands on some trade paperbacks of the comics because, again, based on the videos I've watched about the differences, comics are wilder. You going to um, take up smoking cigarettes too or what? No, nah, I'm... I'm I... <laughs> you might have to. You're going to be so damn stressed reading this shit. You're going to be looking like Ben Affleck on the back porch. Oh, my God. That, the infamous meme. Uh, man. Oh, man. All right, bro. Take us out of here. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for checking us out again. This has been episode 34 of the Now Mind You podcast. I am Matt. That is TJ. You can follow me at Matt Hambrick, M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C. TJ, where can they find you? Tuss4Skate. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E on Instagram. And you can follow us at Now Mind You podcast or Now Mind You pod. Look us up on your favorite social media platform or wherever you get your podcasts. 
you will find us there. Also, don't forget to check out our review that we did of Dragon Ball Superhero. Dragon it Ball Super Superhero. On all platforms. It is on all platforms. We will see y'all either next week or over in the Combat Sports episode. Either way it goes, we appreciate your listen. We appreciate your you guys just checking us out, period. We appreciate any participation we can get. Hit us up on social media. Talk to us about manga. Talk to us about anime. Talk to us about comics. Just because we primarily are covering manga and anime does not mean that we do not read American comic books or anything like that. We, we with not, the shits? We with the shits. We, we, we be making references to American comics shit all the time. We know what's up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just holler at us. But please don't bring no Superman versus Homelander shit to me. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't do that. Miss me with that. Obviously, Superman wins. <laughs> Sorry. <All right. laughs> yeah, man. We'll see y'all in the combat episode. Peace out. Peace.